Uh, joining us right now on the line is Pascal from Ubinet, uh, the uh, the founder and uh, the the co-founder and editor. Uh, Pascal, what's uh, what is happening? I don't know. Have you have you been outside today? <laughs> I woke up this morning. I looked out the window and I said, "Ominous." I don't, I don't know no. if it's, it's still ominous, but it certainly looked it. <laughs> well, it was predicted. I mean, National Weather Service last night, they were like, hey, <laughs> so this is coming. And yes, indeed, there is the inversion uh, over the mosquito fire. And also the, the wind shifted a little bit. And so instead of just producing unhealthy air quality all around Lake Tahoe, well, now we have unhealthy air quality in this area. The good thing is with all the smoke, right now there is no column on the fire. Yesterday morning at seven o'clock, there was a column on the mosquito fire. So it's like, okay, but this heavy inversion basically keeps the, the fire um, a little bit in check. That said, it is 20, 29,585 acres. So call it 30,000 acres. Wow. That's a, and that is, that is, again, a huge uh, increase from uh, um, yesterday at this time and even uh, late in yeah. the afternoon yesterday. When it, when it went yeah. up, it went up 50% yesterday from about uh, 8,000 to about uh, 13,000. And then at, shortly before midnight, it was at close to 25,000. Oh. Because, because, you know, some, some of us are night owls, and when I see the mapping plane flying over the fire, I'm like, oh, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, there will be an update. They will uh, shoot another perimeter, and sure enough, and there it was. It's, uh, yeah. The, the fire is... Um, zero percent contains but let me let me put that a little bit in context um, the fire is zero percent contained because the firefighters and all the first responders right now are busy uh, doing structure protection evacuating people but today it's mostly structure protection uh, quintet volcanoville um, forest hill they are uh, removing vegetation from around homes so that people have a house to come back to. Uh, they may not be successful in every case. And yes, there has been structural loss in Michigan Bluff, according to the Unified Command, but they are doing so much work to make sure that not every, that, you know, we don't have a repeat of uh, the campfire or the Caldor fire that just wipe, wipes out the whole town. So okay. instead of instead of going and trying to corral the fire, which, by the way, with this fire behavior is absolutely impossible, and I don't care how many VLATs you have and, and how much retardant you can dump, the fire yesterday had at some point the, the column split, and there were not one but two pyrocumulus clouds and there was the fire created its own weather there were lightning strikes within that column and the column started to rotate you know um, this fire behavior is so extreme um, basically 
people need to understand that if you are asked to evacuate or if you get an evacuation warning, it would be really, really good to leave. Pack up, get ready, and leave. Because the it can go into any direction. At first they thought it was just going to run straight east up towards oh, French meadows. But actually it ran west as well. So that's where Volcanoville and uh, Quintet, all that area, and Forest Hill, that's why the, um, those areas uh, were impacted because they, it's just incredible, this, this fire behavior. In, in other words, a pretty erratic fire behavior, correct? It's 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 extreme and erratic, okay. and uh, I think they have. I think they'll have to come up with a new term because, uh, uh, fueled of course by this incredible heat. Uh, I mean, this week was probably the worst week for anything to start because the the temperatures are just. Uh, well, triple digits all the way, and plus very, very poor nighttime recovery. So it's, can you imagine fighting a fire with all the gear, etc., and then you're out in that heat and you're trying to fight a fire? Uh, no, it's the heat, the, the fuels that are so, so dry, um, and then a little bit of wind, that's, that's really all a fire needs to get started. And this one, it started, and it started late in the day. Um, you know, normally our fires that, quote-unquote, get away, um, they start around, oh, 2, 3 in the afternoon. This one started around 6.30, so there was very little daylight left for the the planes to, to be able to dump a lot of retardant in this, incre- in this incredibly steep canyon. Uh, that is the, the American River Canyon. And, it, and are, are, are there are plane and then and are the planes out today? I don't think so, right? No, no, they are, no. This is they 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 can't fly in this. They're, there's too many a. There's too many hazards, and uh, it's also they can't see where they where they uh, would drop. And even if they had, you know, even if they were doing it by coordinates, there's so many hazards there. There's there's power lines, there's uh, there's people, there's firefighters on the ground, and so all this. Uh, so right now, the the planes are grounded until this inversion lifts. Okay, KVMR news director Claudio Mendonca has joined us. And Claudia, hey, good afternoon, good afternoon, Pascal. Thanks for coming on the air with us. You were mentioning planes, and I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about. Um, you know, you were talking about the mapping. I assume that you're talking about that fire-integrated real-time intelligence intelligence system. Is that how yes, is that? Yes, I'm talking about I'm talking about virus. Virus. Yes. Could you tell us about that? I, is that a relatively new technology for fighting wildfires? Uh, it, it is a relatively new technology that was first uh, used by um, Orange County came up, they, they equipped one, one of the planes, I believe it was Firus 12, um, and at some point they were called OFCA 12 and 24, but um, Cal, uh, Cal OES and Cal Fire uh, bought basically the, uh, the planes and the equipment, and, and now they are used on, on, all the, on all major fires because they basically can do real, real-time uh, mapping. 
So they will fly the fire and draw the perimeters. They have both um, uh, infrared and uh, normal light cameras and also the, the software to completely map the fire. Uh, it's, uh, it's really, it's, it's a great tool because especially when they can see on infrared, when they can see the heat, they can, uh, if they're scattered heat, you know, then fire behavior is generally more moderate. But if there are spot fires, they can detect them and uh, relay the, the, that type of intelligence in real time to the, to the incident command and they can take action immediately. Not to mention that, yes, you get much more frequent updates on perimeters. Yeah, it really is pretty amazing. Uh, are those planes also grounded, or are they able to still map? No, no, they they are right right now. Uh, there's one one is overhead again, and uh, one flew last night around eleven thirty, and then again this morning, and right now it's it's back and uh, mapping again because uh, the last um, the last update there was a, a spot fire on the uh, west side of the fire near Quintet. So, and it was mapped, and it's, it's outlined on the map. You can see it there. And so they, they are over it again. There's only two of those planes, but I have a sneaking suspicion that by next season there will be more than two because um, they, are, they, get, they are getting a lot of use. Okay. Um, maybe we could talk a little bit about air quality because I, I know you posted a figure for Auburn uh, at around 10 a.m. this morning of 454, which is, uh, mm-hmm. I think, beyond hazardous. It's, I mean, <laughs> no, no, it's, 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 it's no, um, has, I believe hazardous starts at 500 or so. Uh, you know, all those N95 masks, they come in handy now. <laughs> I mean, if you have if you have to go outside, and uh, honestly, if you can avoid it, it's probably a good idea. Um, yeah, the the masks are, will definitely help uh, with the with these particular matters because um, the air quality is uh, unhealthy, too hazardous, and uh, it's not going to l- go away very fast. Um, it uh, we have ch- chances of the the latest smoke modeling shows that basically uh, until probably tomorrow morning at least we will have we will have smoke. And Pascal, you you mentioned you know that this is a dynamic fire. It's it's anybody's mm-hmm. guess, but I I did see at one point that they were calling for containment somewhere in October. Can you speak to that? Uh, yeah, well, that is a tentative containment date. That means that if they get all the resources that they order up, and they ordered up a lot more resources, uh, the containment of the fire um, October 15th may seem far away, but again, we had fires like the North Fire, uh, the the Caldor fire, the, um, the Dixie fire, they go over three, four months when, when they reach a certain size because the fire line, to call a fire contained, there needs to be a solid line around it. Uh, fires go to three stages to be out. The first one is contained. That means there's a line around the fire, a continuous line. That can be a dozer line, a hand line, but needs to be a continuous line. And in those canyons, it's amazing how difficult that is. Mm. 
The next one is control. That means that there's only a little bit of maybe smoldering in the interior, but there is no way that, for example, a wind event could carry embers beyond the containment lines. And finally, the fire is declared out when it's out cold and there's nothing left. So uh, October 15th is not a uh, an unreasonable date. I think it just. I think when I saw it, it was just. A, it was just a warning. I think that this fire could be big. <coughs> yeah. And, uh, and it's it obviously had, it coming. Had, it, coming true. It had. It, it had enormous potential because, because of the location, um, that canyon is so incredibly steep and has uh, a lot of fuel, and uh, again, very very dry fuels. And then we had uh, yesterday and the day before, we had relative humidity that was in the single digits. And as I like to remind people, kiln-dried lumber has a relative humidity of 16%. And we were down to 8 9% yesterday. Wow. Mm. Pascal, we are certainly very grateful for the work you do and for your, for your website. Uh, I was wondering, while we are on the air together, if we couldn't just briefly, again kind of touch upon the area of the fire, the, the boundaries of the fire, and then maybe the best places where listeners can go to see these evacuation zones. I know that there's several several sources. Yeah, and actually we combined all the sources on, on our map. We, we pulled from both OAS, Plaza County, El Dorado County. So to describe the fire as it stands now, again, uh, that is now at uh, 12.18 p.m. So the western boundary of the fire is near the town of Quintet, and then it goes up uh, into the Volcanoville area. It goes into the Rubicon. Hmm. It goes towards Volcanoville, and then towards Forest Hill, and then it goes up to Michigan Bluff, and uh, it goes for, uh, it goes further further out, so to the east it goes into those into those canyons. Uh, the Deadwood Canyon, uh, Deadwood Road is in there, and uh, then on the south side, uh, Blacksmith Flat is another, and Mosquito Road. The evacuation, so there are evacuation warnings that are pretty extensive. They go all the way from the Auburn State Recreation Area to Cool, to Garden Valley, to Deerview, to Leonardi, and that is on the west side. There is a small piece of evacuation warning uh, in the, um, well, let's call it the Iowa Hill area. And then Todd Valley, Georgetown, Buckeye, Volcanoville, Quintat, Forest Hill, and Michigan Bluff are all under mandatory evacuations. And the mandatory evacuations go up all the way to Westville. Mm. So that is that is mm. out uh, on the on the Forest Hill. That's far far out on the Forest Hill Road. Those are mandatory evacuations. And again, here is the thing: if you are asked to evacuate, please please evacuate. Do you know uh, no, any not, idea how many? I'm, I'm sorry. Any idea how yeah. many people have been evacuated at this point? Um, there was, I, I believe I had a 
uh, a number last night. Uh, uh, it was probably uh, six thousand people. Let me just let me just try and try. Okay, there are thirty six hundred residences that are threatened. So uh, that's that's that. So it's over over six thousand people that are evacuated. Okay. Wow. And. Uh, um, of course, it's hard to say where they all are. <laughs> so. It is, it is um, hard to say. It is also uh, there are two uh, evacuation shelters. Um, one is in Auburn, and the other one's in Cameron Park. Uh, a lot of people are with uh, friends or family, uh, and left left the area. Um, of course, <clears throat> there is also they, they they took their pets with them and uh, livestock uh, if they had any. And um, Placer County this morning announced the creation of the Mosquito Fire Relief Fund. The Placer County Community Foundation is setting that one up. And uh, so, if people can spare a donation, that's where that's where they can go. And uh, it will be distributed to the people that are affected by the fire. Okay, yeah, that's the Mosquito Fire Relief Fund, correct? Yes. And Pascal, as I understand it, uh, one of the intake centers for livestock had did reach capacity sometime yesterday. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, and that's that's why um, Nevada County Fairgrounds was one of the um, the Placer County Animal Control uh, Center reached capacity. And so they um, they spread they spread around, and so Nevada County Fairgrounds uh, Gate Eight is available for people to to take animals in there. Boy, okay. <laughs> Any, anything anything that we've missed, Pascal? <laughs> well, what we missed was this morning while uh, the first updates came out. There was a. A small fire, a uh, small vegetation fire down in the Higgins area on West Hacienda Drive, and uh, they jumped on that immediately. And it was basically just down from the fire station, and they they contained that at half an acre. Yesterday, there was a small fire up by the 20 uh, Highway 20 and I-80 junction. They hopped on that very fast, and. Um, the, the the one thing we should probably tell people, there is some good news. Between today and tomorrow, temperatures will drop by about 20 degrees. I'll take it. I, <laughs> I, I absolutely take it. I mean, I'm, uh, that is that is uh, that is some uh, really good news. And uh, then over the weekend, we'll have to see. There is a chance of thunderstorms and precip in mostly in the mountains because of wait for it hurricane k because not enough that we have wildfires and heat waves now we have hurricanes uh however down in southern california they are very concerned there are stretches down in san diego etc that could get up to seven inches of rain wow. so uh that is that is pre- that is pretty amazing, and of course now there they will be concerned about flash flooding and uh, uh, Riverside send out a, a an alert uh, to, to prepare people for that because 
um, seven inches, that's probably more than they get in a whole year. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's seven inches. That sounds like a yearful. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but, uh, so some of the, the, the remnants of that, uh, what by then will be a tropical depression, uh, as it's moving back out over the ocean, that is, will be in part responsible for A, the cooling, uh, but also for wind shifts, and it may create some, some lightning in, in the area. So um, enjoy the cooler weather, but uh, stay up to date. And, and, and maybe, you know, uh, uh, if there is any uh, updates that thunderstorms come lower, uh, be extremely careful because uh, we all know that uh, struck by lightning is no fun experience. Yeah, exactly. All right, Pascal, I want to thank you very much for joining us here. It's been an informative uh, near half hour. All righty then. Everybody stay safe and uh, shallow breath and wear a mask. There it is. Okay. Thanks so much, Pascal. Thanks, Pascal. Bye-bye.